Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. Welcome to Five Things, the podcast where we bring on my favorite funny people and we ask them five things. I'm your host, Rosh Abdullah. Five Things is presented by Bad Dog Theater. Bad Dog Theater is a Toronto comedy school and improv theater devoted to unscripted performance. They host classes and shows in person and online. Pick up BadDogTheater.com to get tickets or enroll in class today. Five Things. Ooh, boy, do I love this warm-up game. You ask a performer to list. It's a category style or a list style game. We say name five things. I I teach improv and I've never been able to, and I've done this podcast so many times and I can never explain this game. enough. <laughs> <laughs> I asked a question and the person comes up with five things. And today yeah. our our guest is writer, actor, producer, Nilu Handa. Welcome, Nilu. Thank you, Roche. Lovely to be here. Uh, I don't have to explain five things to you. You of all people know it. You invented it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll take that credit. Okay, yeah, yeah. You ready for your warm-up question? Warm-up cue? Yes. You're going to hate it, Nilu. <laughs> okay, great. The more I hate it, the better. Okay, five things you'd say if you were caught ratatouille <laughs> So we all know the beloved movie. <laughs> okay. So, so you've if been... I was a rat, if I was, if I was a rat. No, no, you're the chef. You get caught with. Okay. I went to, I went to, I'm the rat controlling the head. Okay. You can also, if you want to be the rat, you can be the rat. That's no. an interesting viewpoint. I, I mean, yeah. What would you say if you were caught ratatouing as the rat? Like if you're, because in the, I guess in the movie he doesn't want his father to. I think that's the thing is he doesn't want his family or, or does he want people? his father? His family's not supportive of it. They just want to be garbage rats, and yeah, he's they want to be garbage rats. He wants them to eat brie on toast. That's what it is. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Yeah. As if you have to defend. Oh, man, they perspectives. What a cute movie, right? Yes. But if you were the chef and you got caught, and that's a bit, and the stakes are very high, you could lose your license, your chef license. That's true. That's true. Um, Okay. You can't just Uh, be like, rat cooks good. (laughs) I'm trying to think. Okay. Thing one, uh, I promise the rat's wearing a diaper. (laughs) Okay. Yes. This one. Um, Number two, um, uh, this is hard, Roche. This is, this is harder than I thought it would be. Okay, number two. Um, what? It's not like you're going to give me a promotion anyways. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, good. Uh, number three. Uh, my rat has great ideas about what to do with the bouillabaisse. Can you do yeah. anything with the bouillabaisse? I don't even know. And that's true. And that's yeah. the thing is like he, he does. Yeah. Uh, number, number four. Uh, this rat is helping me get laid. And give me self-confidence. So please, Janine Garofalo, fall in love with me. And uh, the number five thing that I would say if I was caught ratatouilleing uh, as a chef, I would say, hey, who hasn't needed the help of furry friends 
once in a while. No one gives shit to Cinderella, huh? What What's wrong with me? That's true. That's very true. That's the thing about except number one because uh, Remy never wore a diaper in the movie. <laughs> They're I mean, all true. They're all true. But we don't we don't care if Remy wears a diaper. It's true. I just thought that'd be more sanitary. That might get you out of trouble. Right. That's yeah. That's the pressing thing. If I if I if I see a rat on someone's head, I want to know. I want to make sure. Are they wearing a diaper? <laughs> no go. It's, it's a, not a special rat sized diaper. That's a business. Uh, okay. Yeah. But I like Ratatouille because um, it's just a movie about cl- a classic misunderstood creatures. Misunderstood creatures. We all are one. That's my first question to you, Nilu. Mm-hmm. What's something that you feel is misunderstood about you? Oh, my God. This is deep. This is so deep. Holy jeez. I wasn't prepared for this on a Tuesday night. Um, you know what? I actually think it's that I'm... <sighs> is that I'm always busy all the time. I have a lot of downtime. I think I just have like, my schedule is a bit erratic, so I can't necessarily plan things very well because I have to drop things and whatever. Things take longer than ever. I'm talking so vague. It's like when jobs, you know, you never know. You have to be there for- Yes, I understand what you mean. Let's do. So I think maybe that's something that people in my life have misunderstood is how that I'm always busy or not. Like, you can't see this audience, but I just have a couch behind me and it's there. You know what I mean? Like that's where usually I go and watch TV. So yeah, call me and hang out with me is what I'm saying. uh, People think that you're always busy and you're saying that your schedule is just weird, but you have time. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And would you like people to, to know that? Like you see, do you, do you care that people think that you're always busy? I mean, I, I just, I said it like I want people to call me up and stuff, but I probably will cancel most of the times. Are you a canceler? Sometimes, but, but, but with, with enough notice, like we went out for dinner with friends last night and we were about to cancel a half an hour out, but that was like, that's rude. That's rude. They've been on the bar. We can't do that. So we shut up. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah. Did that answer the question? Yeah, it totally did. Also, did you, uh, were you glad that you went out or do you still? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly because, um, they had a, they have a six-year-old who introduced me to, um, a death metal punk band, if that's what you call it, uh, called, um, baby metal. They're a (laughs) Japanese group of three girls. I'm looking at videos today and they just like, they just, uh, they do choreography as as death metal artists and there's a band in the back but they are like choreography and like their outfits are sick and they're just like doing all these cool moves and singing and it's pretty it's pretty fun to watch so for that reason i'm very grateful i went out for dinner and the the people were nice so there yeah i'm looking it up it looks very the six-year-old is into this yep so cool and they brought okay so they brought their baby with them out like you went out and they brought the baby yeah, the six-year-old baby. Yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. You can't cancel on them. They, they prep nope. their their kid and everything. That kid too, thinking that they're gonna go out and then see you and oh, yeah, he didn't care about us. That was fine. It was just about he was mostly on his uh, phone and stuff. But he was very entertaining, very smart, very fun kid. Once we roped him in with conversation, <laughs> um, my 
next question if you thought that was deep i you're gonna hate this one uh, <laughs> we could also talk more about comedy if you want but i want to i want to get to know you because you are someone i came to the to toronto and i feel like you took me a bit under your wing and i like off the bat i just like i really respect you and i look up to you mm-hmm. um and i i see i feel similarities like the way that you said earlier that you're like uh, i i reminded you of I remember, I had, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I see I see the similarity, similarities, and uh, that's why I get so curious when I, I'm always, like, sometimes I go through things, I'm like, I wonder if Neelu went through this. Aww, that's <laughs> um, so sweet. I wonder if you, have you, I've seen you, I've watched you now for years, and I've seen a transformation, but oh. that's through, not, I don't mean like, uh, you're you're different, and also like not, in a, that, that's a good thing, but I just, I've it's seen you grow as a person and um also like I guess career-wise or so but I've also uh when I met you I don't think you were dating women no I wasn't well yeah. I was actually there was probably okay. yeah okay well I feel like I I, I saw <laughs> I discovered uh something as you were discovering it and that was really yeah cool. yeah I had a, a late in life kind of realization about it all so yeah and also, Not that there's any timer on it, but like, it's just, it was one of those things. Yeah. That, um, was that like, have you ever, ever had an intentional transformation period? So I feel like this kind of stuff comes along with life where you're just like, uh, now I'm thinking about this or this, but have you ever just sat down and been like, I want to be this person and I'm going to do stuff to get there. Have you like, yes, kind of forced it? Yeah, I have. Um, the, it's the reason that I'm in the career in the first place. Cause I was working in corporate first for many years. And, uh, just with the last job that I had, um, I was just, it was this moment of like, if, if I don't do this thing now, cause I had been doing improv for a few years by then. And I just loved the world of it. I just, I just thought about, you know, a friend of mine was in a commercial and I was like, this is gonna, Oh my God, you can do this. Maybe I can do this. Um, and I, I quit that job. Um, because I just wanted to do this thing. So yeah, that was probably a very uh, key moment of life where I just decided to go for it. And it was hard for a while, but it's been, it's been, it's paid off quite nicely in terms of like life satisfaction and happiness and the people it's brought me and like the things I get to do for a job, which don't feel like a job. So it's, it's, I'm very grateful, very, very grateful for that for that uh, plucky, plucky girl I was back in 2014 who thought, hey, enough. I can't do this anymore. I don't, I don't want to be with Excel spreadsheets all day long. I can't. I don't. Not me. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that was, that was definitely a period of transformation for me. Was there a big, what was the thing that gave you that you're like, I'm going to quit? Because uh, was it scary for you or were you in a means where you could do it or was it just um, like it's now or never? I, I had, I had quit jobs before, like with, with a lot of happiness, knowing that it was the wrong thing for me. Um, like once I quit and then went like traveling for like a year and was depressed and all those fun things, but like, it was like a good, like shift in life. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't scared cause I had, uh, I had savings and, um, I don't know. I just, I just had optimism about, um, I couldn't. I couldn't hold myself back from doing it was what it was. So I knew that I had to do it and that I would make my best efforts and let all the beautiful manifesting universal forces uh, help me along my way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, 
did you ever think far enough of um, if it would work or not? Like you said, you're like, I just quit and I thought whatever happens, happens. But do you think you would be where you are now? Uh, no, no, uh, not necessarily. I never envisioned myself as a TV writer. I never, I never thought really? that when I first started. No, I went into acting. That's what I wanted to do, like comedy and stuff. I, I, you know, my life mission has been to like live in the moment of like a Seinfeld blooper of like being on set and just being with the best people and laughing at the best, best comedy kind of thing. Um, and for it to feel, to feel joyous like that. So, uh, I do feel, uh, like my job does have, have those parts now, um, which feels great, but it's just, I'm on the other side of the camera, which is, which is cool. I get to do the acting stuff sometimes, but did I see myself exactly in this position? No, but did I know that I was heading towards something uh, that was bigger than I thought about? Then yes, I did. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't picture what it was, but I knew it was something. Wow. And with the writing, how did you fall into that? Are you glad you fell into it? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize how much of a brain I have for writing, but I, I love it. Like it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun. Um, the reason I, I am a writer is because I was in a Baroness Von sketch sketch in their season one. And I met Carolyn Taylor, one of the Baronesses, and she kind of took me under her wing and was like, do you, do you, do you think that you might want to, if we get greenlit for a second season, would you be interested in being a writer for the show? Uh, and just put together a package and stuff. And I was like, yeah, for sure. I'll try it. Why not? Like I've performed in sketches and I've written little things here and there, monologues and whatnot. But um, so I put together a package and then I got like a, um, like a week on the show. Um, and that just kind of like opened the doors for more people to hire me. So that was, it was definitely, it was Carolyn Taylor. I'll, oh, that's I'll so give, nice. I'll give her all the flowers for it. That's so nice. Yeah. Do you find that now uh, that you're in a similar position, do you do that for pe new people who come in that you feel something with or you, a connection with or anything where you, um, you're kind of like here, let me, I guess you, I guess I felt that with you. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I try to, <clears throat> I try to help where I can. <clears throat> it's hard. It's hard because I think for, uh, where I am, it's like, it, 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 you can't repeat anyone else's pattern in this industry. You can point them towards a direction or like, uh, you know, maybe try this, like, um, you know, this, this program or try to like, uh, get together with your friends and do sketches or something. But like, uh, at the end of the day, it, it feels like it's difficult for me to give any advice of that beyond, beyond, beyond just believe in your crazy, like believe, believe that you can't lose. Like just, you have to, you have to believe that because if you don't like, there'll be moments when you don't and it will be painful because because there's every other thing that you could do in the world to be stable and to make money or to fit in with everybody else or whatever pressures that you're feeling but um if you if you if you don't let go of that like thing in you that tells you that you want this uh it's i, I really don't think that it has any other choice but to grow mm-hmm so that's kind of the advice, I suppose. Yeah. So when you were working towards where you are now, did you ever have thoughts about quitting the entertainment industry or where, because you were saying like you, you have to sort of like believe in it and think that you tell yourself you won't fail, but, mm. were, and, but you said there were times that. Yeah. I, yeah. Like I 
don't so what do you what happens in those moments i remember one time i was like a it was like a tuesday morning and i had like i was visiting my parents and i was sitting on the couch watching prices right with my dad and a devry commercial came on and he was just like so are you thinking about doing anything with your life and it was like, <laughs> was like kind of like underemployed and i have like a i have a business degree and whatnot but i was just like he couldn't he couldn't understand what i was like opening up space for to do mm-hmm. uh, in my life. And, you know, I was getting like jobs here and there, but nothing. I worked for free for like so many years on so many projects. Um, so yeah, financially, it was like I started renting out my place on Airbnb, this place, um, which which was great. Uh, but yeah, I think there were there were times when I was afraid and didn't think I could make it. And, and, and sure enough, something would come around that would like renew my faith in it. And, and now it's like, I don't worry about that. Like I have a, I have a dental plan now, so I don't really, I don't worry about it anymore. Right. With the, with the work such so precarious, do you, you talk about like saying it as like uh, making it, do you feel like you made it or do you feel like because it's so such precarious work and so it's just not, the stability isn't guaranteed. Do you, does it ever, do you think that, did you get to a point where you're like, okay, now I'm good. I won't have to worry about that. Like, even if I don't get jobs, I'm, I'm somehow, I'm not starting from the, or can it, can it go any way ever? Um, yeah, I mean, it can always go away. This is a very precarious, precarious industry. Like, you know, we're so affected by the tides of the earth and stuff. So, you know, anything can happen at any time, but, um, I, you know, I'm, I feel like the, the industry is opening up for uh, people of color specifically um, and more stories need to be told and whatnot. So I think, you know, the viewpoint that I have and the abilities that I have, I think I can always contribute to something. Um, that said, you know, there could be a period when I go through unemployment or something that's not coming up. Um, but, you know, in those times I would hope that I had saved enough to be financially not terrified of anything and uh, work on my own stuff. Cause, cause those doors, th- those doors are always, um, quite open, uh, to talk to people about making stuff. So, yeah. 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 There's always worry, but you gotta, you gotta, you can't let it get to you. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A a lot of the stuff you're talking about this, and I agree that I feel like a lot of the stuff that I see you in, I feel like you do incorporate, maybe not your specific life into it, but, um, I can see where your experiences would like, filter or color the characters or the ideas of so how do you how do you personally incorporate your lived experiences into the work that you do oh wow um there's a you know my favorite part of a writing room is like just coming up with the stories in the first place so we like we'll break like all the episodes and like uh come up with the season kind of thing so there's always opportunity for like carte blanche where you just like pitch story ideas Um, So like, for instance, for Run the Burbs season two, I've got one coming out that's about like uh, Raksha Bandhan, which is about like the, it's like a, it's a ceremony uh, to celebrate like the bond of like brothers and sisters, uh, which I don't think has been featured on TV very much before. Uh, And we're talking about a very interesting way where um, the main character doesn't feel like she's brown enough. So all of those things hit me uh, in different ways. And that's kind of like, you know, that's the stuff that I think about and I'm able to fortunately like put into scripts and stuff um but yeah it's definitely it's from like my Indian experience and like um being uh queer as well like there's moments of of you know having uh more representation on screen and 
like for instance when there's like a character and it's like just like his name is joe and he's like a, a nurse or something i'm like can can it be iqbal can you just give the name just so casting doesn't think this person has to be a joe a typical right. joe you know what i mean like when it's an iqbal then they'll think it's like oh okay like let's think diversity but mm-hmm. um you know not that Iqbal couldn't be Joe, but you know what I mean? Like it just opens up like a diversity of like names and stuff and doesn't hold, doesn't hold people to like a certain, uh, a certain, like just hold, like making it very closed for, for actors who are trying to break in. Mm-hmm. Does it, I don't know how it works in the, um, like, I guess like in the acting world, sometimes I feel like I try in improv, I try to replace it, like generic names are so easy but sometimes once in a while I, I try to replace it with something that's just not white just to spite like just to, not to say spice it up as a but like, just like people just don't hear enough ethnic names and but yeah. then sometimes I I work like when you if you don't do it enough then people take it as like that's the joke or like there's something like there's a reason that you're if you if you drop Iqbal it's people like waiting it's like why why this race what's the joke here and you're like yeah. it's no joke like it's just a name does that happen yeah. Does that happen in uh, when you're writing too? No, no, not so much when you're writing. I can see it in front of a live audience. I don't know what people are thinking at home. So maybe they are thinking it's weird, but um, those characters usually you don't even get your name out. You know what I mean? Like no one calls you by your name because you're like a utility player. Like it's really right. what you do on screen. Um, yeah. So, so it's about changing perceptions though. It's the same kind of idea. Right. Like mm-hmm. not even for the audience. I mean, just for like, the other performers like if you if you endow someone with an ethnic name um which is also tricky because you don't want to like i wouldn't endow someone who's very visibly white as like a nick ball right but the uh but the, then it's like i like sometimes i worry that they're wondering why i would give them that name and then they're <laughs> like you know what i mean because as kind of like you're not supposed to be writers in improv but some it's just Chekhov's gun that sometimes people are like looking for clues or things Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Improv is a different, different beast. I think, I think it's about being in the moment and those things come out, right? Like everyone's, everyone's got every level of their brain kind of functioning during improv of like the insecurities and like the, the things that they're expecting and whatnot. So yeah, I don't know. People are strange. (laughs) You talked, you said, uh, you, you said the line like that you didn't, when I asked you about bringing your personal experiences into it, you said something that I felt was like not being brown enough. And I very much identify with that. I've struggled with that. I like this, I've had an identity crisis my whole life of like not white enough, not brown enough because I am white passing. Mm-hmm. And something was when I was first introduced to you and um, the show formerly known as Yas Queen, uh, which was um, marginalized like BIPOC women um, and uh, of color, like people of color who, I just didn't know if I could take that space. Like, I remember being like, do I belong here? Like, if I right. want when I walk onto that stage, well, do I, I, like, do I have to make it very, like, I'm Rosh Abdullah. Like, I was, it's just, I felt this weird thing for so long of, like, how much, what, how much can I, uh, how much do I belong? How much can I be? How much do I have to prove it? Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. also, it's like, you, sometimes you get the best and the worst of both worlds. It's like, and I felt weird about being picky and choosy. It was like that I can hide something or show it when I needed to. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. How have you, have you worked? If you feel that or have felt that, how have you worked through that? Yeah. 
Um, well, firstly, I'm sorry that if you've ever felt uncomfortable on the formerly Yes Queen stages, I no, you know, I felt welcome. That was my worry. Okay, uh, yeah, I probably wasn't. I I don't know. I just think like you have a lived experience that's going to be very different than than someone uh, who's not named Roche Abdulli. You know what I mean? So I think I think I don't I, I don't know. I think it's um. I think it's okay that we that we're all learning and we're all trying to figure stuff out. And personal identity crisis is like you know it's like what we live for now. Like it's who we are now, basically. <laughs> but like trying to figure out who you are in life and where you fit. Like especially in this country of immigrants and immigrant kids and like generations of people. You know, like we're all still trying to understand what the Canadian identity is. And it's one of multiculturalism, but that usually has a very white hockey playing face to it. Um, so I think, you know, that's, a, that's a challenge to like, feel, feel that you belong. And then for me personally, I come from, um, uh, the, I've, I, I'm Punjabi, um, and I don't really speak the language very well. And I don't, I don't really partake in anything besides like the food eating, uh, that's basically it kind of thing. And like, you know, the, the holidays and the, all those things kind of pass me by. I don't really, I don't really do them very much. Um, although my partner celebrates Diwali for me, which is very, very, very sweet. Um, uh, yeah. And I, what was your question? What was the question? <laughs> there was a question there and I railroaded past it. What was it? Well, I was asking sort of about how, if you, when, if you've had identity crisis, have you worked through it? But what I will say is that I kind of walked before I walked onto the stage, those were my concerns of, um, like when performers were, what Lisa, like now there's more spaces for marginalized, marginalized people, people of color, like there's just more work and more space for, for BIPOC people. Mm -hmm. And I felt that, but I was so worried if I was taking up someone's spot and I felt like you showed me kind of that, this, uh, like I, I felt welcomed at Yas Queen now known yeah. as Mercy Comedy. Like I was, I was welcomed and it showed me that you were very, like everyone has that story to tell. Like anyone, it, there's right. no it's not like you have a certain quota to fill. It was like, if you are this, you are this and your people identify with what you're saying. Cause they also have that um, experience and you might not have someone else's and other people don't, but someone will, it's kind of like fill, fill the room with as many different voices and faces mm -hmm. and backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, I, I'm very visibly Indian, like Brown people will get, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll say whether I'm like, whatever, they won't know exactly where I'm from, but they'll say I'm Indian. Um, so I don't specifically have that challenge. So maybe I'm not as like, um, I'm not as, uh, attuned to understanding like what that is, but in terms of like an identity crisis and feeling like you don't, you don't know if you can take up space here. Like, I think that's a very, uh, relatable, relatable issue to have as a woman and, uh, being of a color and being of a different, you know, sexual orientation or, uh, uh, you know, being of a different like uh, socioeconomic background or if you're an immigrant versus like if you've been here for a few generations type of thing. So I think that is always going to be a personal journey for people. Um, but you, 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 you're, you're funny. That's why, that's why I got you. You're very funny. You're just like, you're just, you're cool, man. So that's why I was like, get her on stage. Get her that's on stage. That's exactly how I want this conversation to go. <laughs> now we're going to take a little break and return with your guest, Nilu Handa. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we're back with New Handa. Wow, that was a long break. Yeah, uh, but you, so you, yeah, you, you are visibly, uh, you, like you said, you're like I, I'm a, a brown woman. There's no question about that. But you said that you sometimes you don't feel brown enough. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? Do you think? Um, it's just like uh, comparisons to people and to like you know seeing what you see in the media and like my own understanding of like what I think being brown should be. Of course, being brown, I'm just as valid in being my, in my brownness as anyone else's. But like when I think about like the cultural like tent poles that we have and like the, <clears throat> even like the lifestyle that is lived, I love a very different lifestyle. Like I'm a very like independent thinking, um, uh, kind of like separated from my family in terms of like, you know, not, not, um, not having that like typical relationship with my, with my parents. Um, so I think, you know, there, there are some very common things. Like I am, I do love my family and I do have, um, uh, like good moments of like being Indian with them. But when it comes to like knowing the language or like, um, uh, my sister, this is maybe it. My sister thinks of herself as Indian, like first before most things, she thinks of herself as Indian. And I don't have that. I don't have that switch in me because I think it, you know, you, you, you can't really help where you're born. <laughs> so I don't really think it's like, it's a specifically the identity that I understand. Cause I don't even understand. I haven't, I've been to the country like three times. I love it. I think it's beautiful. I feel very lucky that I come from the Indian culture and I do want to learn much more about it and feel much more uh, grounded in a culture that makes sense for me. Yeah. And it's always evolving and it's always changing. And there's you know, there's tons of Instagram pages that starting to look more like my life featuring brown people. Um, but there's always like Bollywood and the stereotypes that you kind of like have hardwired into your brain about, oh, I'm not like the dutiful daughter who's going to marry the perfect guy because his family is good and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like I don't yeah. have, I don't have, I don't have that chip in me at all. Do you remember some of the first, um, characters in media that you saw that you identified with who were Indian but weren't the portrayal of what you were saying like that typical what media <laughs> usually portrays yeah no I didn't see anybody I the only the people that came to mind before you said Indian I was like uh, Darlene from Roseanne I felt like her uh <laughs> and, and I really like Mary Catherine Gallagher if that was a thing I don't know is that a person um yeah. Yeah, but but Indian wise, no, it was Manjula. I always make that joke. It's like <laughs> Manjula was the only Indian woman on TV in mainstream uh, mainstream culture, and she was voiced by a white woman. So it's like we can't win. <laughs> like, yeah. there's, no, there's no representation on TV, and now it's like it's good because like you know Mindy Kaling had her you know her rocket ro- rose kind of thing like during during the time that we're basically the same age. Me and 
Mindy Kaling. So like, I didn't have that growing up. Like I'm, I'm looking at it now, which is really lovely to see. And just how much things are opening up like Miss Marvel and the never have I ever a kid. And like, um, you know, stranger things features Indian people. And like, there's, there's lots of us everywhere. The sex lives of college girls, all that stuff. It's, it's great. It's great to see more diversity in faces and a brown face like mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you said you watched Darlene and you were like that, I feel like that had yeah. that, how was, did that make things easier? Kind of, was it a little bit harder in some ways? Um, I think I, I, I just, TV for me always was like a refuge and an escape because like my family would be watching something Indian maybe on a Saturday night and I'd be downstairs watching SNL by myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was just like the comedy thing. I always went towards, always went towards it. And I don't, I didn't, I still don't understand Indian comedy. It's very slapsticky. And it's like, you know, a man dressing up like a woman is very funny over there. Uh, I'm sure there's pockets that are modernizing. But whenever I see what my parents are watching, I'm just like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And they're laughing their heads off. So, um, yeah, it's just like there's a different I, I didn't see any people that I was looking forward to being like any day. Then do they? Do they still, when you said that your dad had said that thing with after the Dubai commercial, does he bug you about stuff still? Are you, you good? <laughs> like, are you like, you can. It's fine now. It's fine now. I, I'm yeah, I'm fine now. It's I, uh, because I have like, I have security in what I do and I don't feel like shaky about it. Like back in the day when I felt like maybe I should go to DeVry or maybe I should be a lawyer or maybe I should go back to uh, being in marketing or something. Like I had that shakiness about the path that I had chosen, but now I feel very solid and I feel fine about what I'm doing. And I, and I, you know, things could go tits up tomorrow. I I hope not. But um, if, if it does, then other, something else will come up. Yeah. Something else will happen. Maybe I want to be a furniture designer. Maybe that's going to happen for me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Who's that WNBA star who just uh, retired and now wants to be like a mortician or something? Oh, really? I think so. I think uh, I think I read it like so quick that I that's the details that I got. So if it sounds like off or too wacky, it's because like I, I'm, I get the gist of it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I think that happened. And I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it is now. Like, it's not like people have like one career their whole life. Like you're flipping around, you're doing stuff. Um, There's more interest in life, you know? What's the weirdest uh, job you had or like, what's the. The weirdest job. Yeah. Something that you did for a little bit that was just like a bit kooky or something. Kooky. Um Nothing was kooky. I worked for Moneris, which is a financial company. That when you swipe your debit and credit card, it's usually their, their terminal. Their technology runs it. And I worked in, in the <laughs> business development. And I remember I was having a meeting. This is kooky. I was having a meeting with my boss and we were with the president of like a credit union or something. And they were talking about their kids and golfing. And I was just like, what the fuck am I doing here? And I remember going home that night and like tears were falling from my face. I'm like, what the fuck is this life? And then I quit. I quit like a day later. (laughs) So you had those two like very corporate jobs. Did you have, well, do you have any, um, like part-time stuff when you were younger, any retail or? Oh, I used to work at Zellers. My mom worked at Zellers and she got me a job there. And 
I I used to have to. Oh man, I used I hated it so much. I used to work in the shoe department, and I would have to put shoes back in the box and like tuck tuck the laces in, and just make sure that whatever people came, people came through and just fucked with them and did whatever. And then I would have to like make sure everything was fine right. again. And that was a tedious job. I used to just fantasize about Prince William in those times. <laughs> he was a thing back then. Not anymore, but he was a thing back then. Prince William. Yeah, he was a tink. <laughs> and how was it working with your mom? Or did you have enough separation because you worked? Yeah, we didn't, we didn't work close to each other. I think we just checked in once in a while. You good? You good? I worked with my dad, too. He worked at GM, and I had that job during university. Well, no wonder you have a complicated relationship with your parents. You're just working all over the town with them. <laughs> face. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was fun, though. That was a fun job. They hired all these summer students, so that was always, like, exciting. And then my dad would, like, honk as he's driving his, like, forklift across the floors. So. Oh, that's sweet. That's yeah. A, those are my dream jobs. I just want to do something chill, like, mm -hmm. put shoelaces back, um, but also while getting $25 an hour. But yeah. I just have something yeah. chill. Then that's be the nice. tough part. Yeah. Something chill. What's something adult Nilu has done that child Nilu would be so stoked about? Oh, been on TV. That was my, I couldn't, I, like, I, I, she, her brain would explode and leak out of her ear if, if she knew. That's how, how was it when the, like, in that moment when you knew you're going to be on TV, how did you feel? Just, like, elated, I suppose. Like, it just, it was, like, surreal to see myself on TV. I was in a movie once. Holy shit. Well, I, this. I, okay, I was working a corporate job. And uh, they were filming a movie upstairs and I didn't know, like my friend and I like started bothering some like men with walkie talkies in the lobby. And there, and then we made friends with one and he was like, if you're interested in being in the movie, like just give me your card. Oh well, no, he's like, if you're interested, maybe we can find you a spot. And I was like, oh, here's my card. We were young things, beautiful and whatever. I think that was part of it. Um, not that I'm not still, uh, but Anyway, uh, he got us a part in the movie being like uh, office co-workers to Drew Barrymore. Whoa! Fever Pitch. So I spent like Wait, a day. You, you were in Fever Pitch? I was, yeah, with Drew Barrymore and the Ferrelli brothers who were creepy. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that was like, that was, that was heaven. And then we went to the movie. It opened like the year later. And we couldn't even look at it. We screamed. We are on screen for like one and a half seconds. I've timed it. <laughs> you, do you talk to Drew in the scene? What's the scene uh, that you're in? I didn't, but I think I had actor instincts already because she was doing lines to like, she was directing lines to someone, but that person wasn't there across the table. And so they were like trying to figure something out where the Frelly brothers were like, hey, could you just like, look this way or like whatever and I, and I was just like, oh I can I can I can read with her like I can I can be there like if she wants to look at me like I can, do that. I can can I do that I would I would like to do that so I did that so I had like this instinct of like okay like let's see how these movie things are made let's let's have let's look at all the parts all the people that come together also you a solution I can't believe I didn't think of that just like have a per like you need someone in your eye line I mean, she's a pro, so she probably didn't need it, but I think her father was dying at the time, so she was really, really oh, out of it. Jesus. <laughs> I know. It was a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. So you got to, like, <laughs> stare directly at Drew Barrymore while she said her lines. Yeah. She was really nice. I got a picture with her, too. 
That's wild. Okay, mm -hmm. you have to tell this Ferrelli brothers story. Uh, we have to know. Oh, nothing. It was just to my friend. My friend, uh, they were like creepy and like kind of like asking her to go out with them and stuff like that. And it was just Both unclear. Them, like, at the same time. Asking. Yeah. It was just like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening here, but it doesn't feel good. <laughs> uh, anything you want to tell the people, Nilu? Anything you feel uh that you didn't anything so personal that you're like this is the time to share it this is where i'm gonna Gosh, why the fuck would i ever do that what are you <laughs> talking about what you have to give me parameters i'm not gonna what are you talking about Tell give, us... me, give me a question okay how many times have you waxed your butthole in your life or bleached it or done anything you, you ask people this question do you ask your other guests this question yeah it's right here on the paper yeah. i have to something <laughs> something something befitting of our relationship no you i forgot to mention that that was the, the before the question the what's something that adult neely would done was i i never really prefaced that that was the last question and so i realized oh. that I, I never i was like oh okay so like is there anything that you want to say and then you put it on me and in the moment with my improv skills i took it to your butthole which you felt uncomfortable with, which I understand. You don't even need to answer the question. And I respect you for not. For not. I think I did it once. Oh, you I did? Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. No, it was the wax. It was like the, it was like the, what, the super Brazilian or whatever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what's weird about that is that, okay, when I started, uh, when I was, for some weird reason, when I was in university, I was paying $60 a month to get a Brazilian and I, I, I wasn't sleeping with anyone. I, just, I don't know why I was doing it. I just, it was those things. I just felt like university was a weird time where I just felt like you had to get, I had to be super femme and like get rid of all my body hair and like everything. Um, mm -hmm. But I was getting these, I was at school and going to the same place. And then in the summer I came home and I went to a different place and got a Brazilian and they did my butthole and the place I was going to before never did the butthole. And it was the first place that I ever got a Brazilian at. So whatever they were doing, I was like, this is what Brazilian is. I didn't think that there was other versions of it. Right. Right. Um, so when I went to this different place and also they had me be in a different position, anyone who has gone to multiple has gone to multiple Brazilians in different places knows that like everyone's got their favorite positions, sure. what, how they want you to do it. So, yeah. but yeah, when she, when they did the, butthole I like I was I didn't know what was ha happening I liked it I liked it and now I made and, and then when I ever got a Brazilian after that I made sure to be like do that it felt good and sometimes sometimes I I think to myself I want to go and get just a butthole wax wow the whole Brazilian I just want the butthole because I like the feeling it felt good yeah and um and uh why not why not have a clean butthole I mean, you're it doesn't matter if there's hair on it, but it's just like I, I want that, like the feeling, <laughs> like the smoothness of a of a of a seal skin butthole. I don't care about what it looks like or smoothness. I don't. I'm not checking. I don't know what my butthole looks like, right? Like I don't. I don't know. But yeah. some but. nobody really does. You've never really faced your butthole. You just hold a mirror up to it and hope. But hope but the feeling I like. I don't know. I've read that there's more feeling in the like just like around the. I mean, this is where this podcast is going around. Wait, around can the promos for this. Can you just <laughs> cut this part as my promo? Can you do that? I want. I want that. Don't use my voice during the entire thing. Just talk about waxing your butthole. I'd really like that. And that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for coming on. On. Thanks again to Neil Handa, the Stoner Network, and Bad Dog Comedy Theater. His support makes a difference, and you can donate today by going to baddogtheater.com. Five Things is produced by myself, Bad Dog Theater, and we couldn't do it without our amazing tech, Sean Murray. Yay. I'm your host, Perkadula. Woo! Thank you.
Thank you, Rose. I forgot to ask if you wanted to plug anything. Oh, um, I think just watch Canadian television. That would help. Just, you know, have it on in the background. Let the clicks go up. Whatever it is. <laughs> That's really good, yeah. It would help for ratings. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.